Does everybody have like water or something near them? Because I, because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I know you know podcasts. I'm, I know Emmy. You you guys probably know podcasts can be uh, just take all the liquid out of your mouth and give you cotton <laughs> mouth for a good. <laughs> I haven't even spoken today, so it's probably my morning voice. <laughs> Ooh, so I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to fangirl over your voice the whole time. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I have a fan finally. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Y'all know what it is. What is up, y'all? It is your girl, Sit the Kid. Welcome back to another Sit the Kid podcast. Y'all know what it is. I am very excited, very, very excited for this new adventure, this new journey in the podcast with the OK Pop With Your Melanin Black K pop fan series that we are starting with this first podcast. And I'm joined by four, one, two, three, four lovely ladies. I just want to make sure I got it right. Cindy <laughs> can't count today. All right, uh, but before we get this started, um, I want to get this out of the way right now. I've already had a comment on my YouTube channel <laughs> about how this podcast seems to be excluding a certain demographic when that is not the case whatsoever. The purpose of this podcast, the experience of being a Black K-pop fan, is to talk about the experience to just showcase what it is like because many people do not know some of the experiences that we have gone through personally or what other people have gone through who are passionate about the Hollywood way, whether that's K-pop, K-drama, Korean culture, whatever that may be. And so if you are not within the certain black demographic, please do not exclude yourself from the conversation. Okay. This is a conversation. This is a discussion. We would like for you to listen in and be part of the discussion and comment, whether it is something that you agree with or disagree with, please feel free to share. Now, that being said, I just want to get that out of the way. Uh, I would like to introduce the lovely guests on the podcast that will be here for the next three, four episodes of the, K- the Black K-pop Fan Podcast. And the first one will be Emmy. Most of you will probably know Emmy. Emmy is a U.S. East Coast girl who talks and writes about the world she has never seen with an open heart. When not crying over the latest K-pop release, she travels some of that energy into writing for Soul Wave and Mac G Magazine. She is also a social media coordinator for Mac G Productions LLC and produces slash hosts her own K-pop radio show called Daybot K-pop with Emmy. Emmy, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we also will have Ashley Griffin on these podcasts. Uh, currently, we are not able to reach her because she has somewhat of a bad internet connection, but she will join us next episode. <clears throat> but Ashley Griffin, as you know, better known as multifaceted ACG, is a writer, vlogger, and commentator on K-pop and culture. She is a creative director of Matchy Productions and also a music producer currently living in South Korea. Now, we also have the lovely Jessica, better known as The Jess Life, uh, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up? <laughs> <laughs> she is a photographer, writer, short filmmaker, and K-pop commentator. Her charismatic personality and comedic sketches have captivated an audience of over 92,000 subscribers on YouTube. When she isn't yelling, sir, at various K-idols, you can find her either praising everything or basking in her creative element while conducting photo shoots. She is also a strong advocate for equality and strengthening the Black community. Yes, she is. <laughs> um, our next guest is Karen, also known as Afro Minx, uh, who is a... Please tell me I pronounced this right. 
Ghanaian. Ghanaian. <laughs> Sorry, I always butcher this. It, it is it is a fault of mine for years. Ghanaian is music enthusiast is and commentator on all things related to K-pop, K-music on YouTube. If she is not reviewing, dancing, or singing along in new music releases, you can find her rambling about other passion points on her social media sites. And last but not least, we have Sherry, who is a writer with a keen interest in all things how you. Born and bred in England, United Kingdom, she likes to look at things from a down-to-earth, truthful, and behind-the-scenes view, and express them on her own soul, own website, Insoluble. Having written for others in the past, she decided to go at it alone and do things her way. She's the queen of K-pop gifts and memes, and you'll most likely find her at the latest K-music, K-culture event slash concert. So say hello, everybody. <laughs> what up, yo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so excited for this. We had a kind of a powwow probably two weeks before this uh, recording, and we just had a great conversation. I get along really well, so I'm really excited to see you where we all go with this podcast and discussion that we're about to have. Now, going along with introductions, I'd like to go with each one of you guys about how you got into the How You Wave and how you got, this became a passion of yours, whether that's through K-pop, K-drama, Korean mm -hmm. culture, language, etc. I think it's still really important to establish how one gets into this genre, this culture, this, this topic, because some people kind of feel left, not left out, but still like to hear that personal experience of how they got into that passion. So I would mm -hmm. like to start with Emmy. Okay, well, hi guys. Um, excuse my voice, I'm still recovering from- Sexy K morning voice, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, hi guys, my name is Emmy. I am um, 22 years old and I started liking K-pop in 2015 um, but oddly it's been around me since over 10 years if that makes sense mm -hmm. um, got into anime first kind of figured a bunch of anime songs were sang by Korean artists but first it was really um, the Japanese culture and anime I used to go to conventions way back in the early 2000s and then um, I really wasn't receptive to Korean or anything that wasn't English, surprisingly. Um, I was one of those people that's like, I don't want to read if I'm watching something, I could just read a book. And now I'm like, I want to read and I can hear them talk this Korean language all day. Um, so now um, in 2015, when Instagram had 15 second videos, when that's all we were allowed to record, <laughs> um, I remember just being drawn to like, with the thumbnail of, I don't know, there were seven boys, and I was like, click. And then it was God Seven's Stop It, Stop It, or Hajima. And mm -hmm. I remember just for the first 15 mm -hmm. seconds, I was like, um, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? There's a lot going on. So I went and looked up the music video, and I was like, there's even more going on than I thought. So it just delved straight in. Um, from there really um it was just got seven for a while because that's all i i like that's all i thought i was like wow these are oh this see i can get down with this the other stuff my mom was showing me which back then was super junior dbsk um or tbxq as we know them um mm -hmm. tracks like it was a lot of sm stuff and i was like ah look at these people's hairs i don't like it da, da, da. so <laughs> when k-pop evolved Amy evolved as well um and i just had an urge to um, 
connect to the K-pop community um, in a different way than just watching reactions. And um, I went to my local radio station and I was like, hey, do you have any slots open? I'd love to start a show. Like I already knew that the K-pop community was very passionate and um, I didn't even think twice that my appearance would be a problem. Um, even for non-Asians, I think, which is also a good thing to put into this podcast as well, is that <laughs> I think we're not talking about um, in color when we're in Korea or when we're in East Asia, but um, around the world, when you say that you like East Asian <clears throat> culture, um, you got to get these eyebrows or you get these questions. And um, <laughs> I took my idea <clears throat> to the radio station and it was a world slot that I was given and um I didn't explain what I was doing. I was told to write up a um, synopsis and just what I want to do with the show. And when the, my station manager was uh, found out that I was doing Korean content, specifically K-pop music, um, he automatically didn't want me to do my show anymore. Um, mm. He probably thought I was going to do African music. <laughs> so when <laughs> wow. I... And yeah, I, not a lot of people know this to this extent, but um, this was in February of 2016 when I was told I was going to have my show and I ended up um, fighting for my show. Um, I went to the board of, you know, directors and stuff and I was like, um, you know, I want this show. I know it's going to be huge, not just for black people, not just for Asians, but for everyone, like everyone around the world is going to listen to the show. This is not me being cocky. This is K-pop music being what it is. Mm -hmm. And um, mm. long story short, I fought and I didn't get my show until May. So it took months, but I did fight. Um, but I wouldn't have to fight that hard if I was someone that appeared Asian or if I had an Asian boyfriend or if I spoke the language or if I've been to Korea before because I get those questions all the time. Mm. Um, so long story short, I am more than knee deep, waist deep or in over my head about this K-pop stuff. I'm someone that... Um, is in it for the long run. I'm not here to get upset about certain things and then just <coughs> want to leave K-pop altogether. I'm here to change those things. I'm here to, um, you know, be in the K-pop community and the How You Wave and learn the language and immerse myself more into the culture, regardless of what people think of how I look. So yeah, so that's it. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Emmy. That was fantastic. Uh, we don't have Ashley with us right now, and I think, unfortunately, Jess's internet may have cut out on us, but I will get her back on here as soon as possible. But that moves on to Karen. Please tell us oh, more hello. about how you got into the How You Wave. Well, well, well. So it was back in... Oh, but I probably should introduce myself. It's Karen. Afro-Mix. But yes, um, I got into K-pop in 2014 um like properly but obviously most people kind of knew about it when Sai came out with Gangnam Style and um went back in 2012 when that happened I was like oh okay this is interesting but I never really wanted to sort of like delve in like any deeper and then when I went to university which was back in 2013 I think I remember a friend asking me like if I was interested in K-pop and I was like nah I was kind of like in me I was just kind of like nah it's not really my thing I don't really understand that that kind of thing i was like oh, okay um and then 2014 um i stumbled across uh what's it called um youtuber youtubers um, react to k-pop i think mm -hmm. i think it was the second edition um so that was on like the fine brothers channel mm -hmm. and it was the one with tvxq's um catch me 
um i think it was orange caramels um what's that song called i don't even remember um and then it was exo's um overdose so i'm watching mm. this i'm like oh this is interesting oh i like the performance like oh okay so i was like watching all these videos like this is really interesting and then i was kind of looking um I was, I was intrigued at that point and then i wanted to like find out more but the, the only thing i can remember was exo so i typed in exo and then i stumbled on growl and <laughs> the rest was history um i was like okay um it wasn't what i was expecting because i kind of had this view of k-pop being something similar to like j-pop and what i knew of j-pop at that time was kind of like it was just very different <laughs> like it was just something i'd never really seen before so when i right. came across growl which was more of like i guess a justin timberlake-esque or like um just stuff that i've kind of heard before it was just very intriguing to me and obviously i really like performances so um that entire video was basically a performance-based uh, video so i was just very much into it at that point and i just kind of um learned more about it and yeah just got, got into the whole sort of like world of like sm artists and stuff like that and um obviously i didn't really have anyone to really talk about it with um i was mm -hmm. at uni no one really liked k-pop and my friend that did like k-pop was only into like um specific groups and i wasn't really in, into those groups as, as well so i figured mm -hmm. okay well i need to find a way to sort of like let out all this like energy and feels that i'm having um and in the summer of 2015, um, I was bored one day and I was like, well, let me just, you know, do some reaction videos and see how that goes. And um, that was kind of how I got into YouTube, really. And it's been going on ever since then, really. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, obviously, as a black K-pop fan, it's been a very interesting sort of journey. Um, kind of really, I guess, seeing how people sort of like interact with our culture and how they sort of like incorporate that with the Korean influences as well. So um, it's been interesting navigating that as a Black K-pop fan, but like Amy said, I was kind of here for the long haul. It's not something that is kind of like a like a phase for me. So um, that's why I always address it in my videos or you know my Twitter and things like that, because it's something that I feel like needs to be addressed and hopefully we will see some change, um, at least the change I would like to see um, come about. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> Jess was like, add me back in. Add me back in. And I'm like, I have to stop the recording to order to add you back in. Uh, All right, fine. Jess. Hi, what happened? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you, Karen, once again for the introduction. But since, Jess, I have you on here right now, let us start with your introduction as to how you got into the How You Wave. Well, uh... It was it was a little weird. It was a little weird introduction because um, I actually didn't know I was being introduced to K-pop at the time. But um, it all started when I watched uh, Ninja Assassin and I saw mm. uh, yeah I saw Rain and I was like, who is this? So like I started like <laughs> <laughs> I basically started digging into his life like real stalker like and trying to figure out who he is and where he's from and what he be doing with himself. And I found out that he's a, a singer. And I'm like, oh. So I started listening to some of his music. And, like, I liked some of it. I was like, I'm really into this. And at the time, I didn't know that that was K-pop. You know, I just thought, mm. you know, that was just Asian artist, you know, doing his thing. So uh, later on down the line, I think like a year or so later, uh, 
Ashley, my sister who's supposed to be on the podcast, but you know, she's having internet trouble. But um, she introduced me to Big Bang because she was like obsessing over top and his mint blue hair. And she was, like, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you have to see this group. You have to listen to the song. So she sent me this song called Bad Boy. And I listened to it and I was like, oh my God, I fucked with them heavy. And she was like, this is K-pop. And I was like, shut up. So like, I started listening to like a whole bunch of <laughs> started to like a whole bunch of k-pop stuff then i realized that rain was k-pop and then like that prompted me to start my youtube channel because ashley was like you know you should start a channel with you you know talking about k-pop and doing k-pop videos because you like you're really into it and it's like funny how you react to it and i'm like i guess i could because that, that originally i didn't want to start a youtube channel uh that way and i say that on my channel all the time but uh i ended up starting a k-pop channel and uh, the people that started watching my channel introduced me to uh, TVXQ, BBSK, because they're known as both. And uh, it kind of just went. I don't know if I should say downhill or uphill from there. I don't know, because it kind of just like, <laughs> I just kind of descended into the K-pop vortex. So mm. that's, that's how I got into K-pop. Excellent. Thank you, Jess. Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. of course, <laughs> and then, of course, last but not least, us again, Sherry. I keep saying this with you, Sherry. Please share with us how you got into the house. <laughs> so it was like late 2012, early 2013, when I really got into it myself. So before that, about 2010, when I was at university, um, a friend of a friend, like who was staying over, randomly ran into my room. I didn't even know this girl. And she's like, "Oh, can I show you something?" And I was thinking, "Who are you?" I was like, "Okay." And then she just started showing me like K-pop videos and the first one I actually saw was Beast, Bad Girl. And I was just like, mm. this is terrible. I was like, this is terrible. I was like, okay. And then I just, again, for like three years, didn't even interact with it. And then randomly one day, similar to Jess, Bad Boy by Big Bang was a song that got me into it. YouTube randomly like suggested it to me. And I was watching it and I was like, these guys, like again, I thought they were like the only, I don't know, korean group but like that's the kind of feeling i had mm. um then i got into shiny uh, and i was just completely big bang shiny but then again like i didn't really know anyone who listened to it so i just thought i was just this weird person by myself in the uk listening to korean music um <laughs> so then i went to see dumbfounded and Watsky in london and i had a spare ticket and i was trying to sell it online so i met up with a girl to sell it and so we're waiting in the line for the concert and then I hear Big Bang Bad Boy and I was just like, do you guys listen to K-pop? <laughs> and then it was just downhill or uphill, as Jess said, from there. Like I started to go to, um, like, we didn't have much, like in around 2012, 2013, we didn't have many like K-culture events in London. Um, mm. So I started to go to like a few Korean cultural events, music events, that kind of thing. Started to watch K-dramas. Um, but then, like, because I've always been, I feel like I've always been, like, the eldest around people at these events. Because I'm, I never even disclose my age. But I'm 28. Yeah. Um, so I've always been full-time working adult, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't even live in London. I'm not far, but, like, I was always finding I'd have to, like, work, travel, work, travel. So I kind of disconnected myself. I was never fully, really immersed like a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um so then I got a bit bored as well. Um, and I was just like, oh, I'm not really into all these other groups, blah, blah, blah. Then um, in 2016, January, I saw this subscription box company called Inspire Me Korea. 
and I thought okay well I'm kind of interested in writing about k-dramas and that kind of thing so I messaged them and I started writing for them I wrote for them for about a year um but to be honest I kind of felt restricted in terms of like okay I have news I have information I want to post it now you know so I want to work on my time not on someone else's time and there's kind of things that I wanted to say or talk about and I felt like it I couldn't because it didn't fit their market mm. um also there was a little bit of, mm, but I'm not gonna go into that <laughs> yeah so I, I stopped working <laughs> with them I thought you know what I want to have my own website but before that I started to write for my friend who is K-pop box I don't know if you guys have heard of K-pop mm-hmm. box mm-hmm. yeah um I started writing for her um but then I still was kind of like I felt like I was forcing it I had, my interest for K-pop wasn't really there like as it was before then a work colleague of mine I found out liked K-pop and you know when you meet someone and they're like oh my god I like K-pop and you're thinking oh my god like are you one of those freaks like oh, <laughs> I'm, not, yeah. I'm not one of them like <laughs> <laughs> um, so she kind of like introduced me to like more groups like Got7, Monster X etc etc because I was purely like Big Bang Shiny mm-hmm. and then like I kind of got immersed into it so this is about yeah 2016 um and then after um, I got my site up and running, I stopped writing for K-pop box. And I've been online since, I think, was it March 2016? So yeah, just over a year now. Um, I go to events as press when I can. Um, I feel like a lot of my stuff is opinion pieces, mm. as Imi says. <laughs> um, I, what I don't do, like the reason why I don't even post articles that much because I don't I don't see the point of regurgitating stuff that Simpy's already written like do you know what I mean so I like to yeah. find my own news or I like to write something that's like has a different twist on it but yeah so I just want to talk about different things I've got different ideas different viewpoints and that's kind of where I am now so I'm fully like immersed into Monster X and it's unhealthy <laughs> but li- li- oh, the first <laughs> But yeah, so it was a really random thing because I was into anime as well, like Imi. That's where it kind of started. I think everyone kind of starts with anime, don't they? Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's it really. It was really random. Like, um, I think it's just kind of like right place, right time, meeting certain people, that kind of thing. Otherwise, I don't think I would really be where I am now. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Sherry. Once again, thank you guys for those introductions. Those were fantastic. And I guess I'll just finish off with my own. Um, Hi, guys. My name is Sydney. I am a 25-year-old Black woman from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Not really from the city. It's more like the suburbs, but nobody knows the name of my suburbs. So I say Chicago anyway. Um, How did I first discover K-pop? I originally... This is so weird that I first discovered it when I was in high school actually it was Boa who was forever my queen forever my queen yeah, oh my God, she yes. was the first k-pop artist I had discovered in high school it was when she was going into the U.S. market a little bit because she like she's a phenomenal dancer so I forget the name of the movie that I saw her in with David Huff I think that's his name um but she also mm. did some um, some recordings in English for the movie and everything and I remember listening to it and I was just like oh what is this and then I you know was dabbing into anime before that and just I loved anime just period and then I was got into Boa and I was listening to her Japanese release 
Vibes, and then uh, um, that went into her K-pop music, and then it went into Rain for a little bit, and then I was more of, I would listen to certain K-pop songs, but I wasn't like a stan. I was listening to the music because I liked it, but I didn't know who was who. I didn't know who did what. I was just like, no, this music's nice. Like, I can vibe with it, you know, work out, whatever, um, since high school. And all of that pretty much changed when BTS, 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 I don't know where that Canadian <laughs> accent came from. Excuse me. BTS. 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 Uh, came along in 2015 and just screwed my whole life up. Uh, while I was a junior in college going into my senior year. I just remember I was sitting in my room on my bed and I was surfing YouTube. I just remember I saw, uh, <laughs> I saw Boy in Love come in my recommended feed. And I was like, oh, what is this? And I clicked it and I was just like, oh, there, there was Cookie with his reddish hair and then there was, you know, Jimin. And then Kim Nam Joon came on the screen. <laughs> and I immediately, this is why I am such a hard because I fully believe, while I loved the music beforehand, seeing that man was what set me off on a stand rampage for the next three years <laughs> when it comes to K-pop. Um, and so I would, through that, I just started going, once again, through a dark rabbit hole. Um, where I just would figure out, oh, this song was by this group? I had no idea. And then this group, and just slowly I started realizing a lot of the music I listened to was by all these different groups, like Shiny, Shinwa, uh, Vix, all that stuff. So I just, once again, went downhill, uphill from there, and just became K-pop trash. And <laughs> um, I have to say, from my perspective, from where I want to take my passion for Hollywood is once again different perspectives kind of like you Sherry as well as everybody else here just getting the different experience as well as experiencing myself I also currently live in South Korea so I'm kind of experiencing a little bit of the culture side as well as the music side and all of those things and just really wanting to you know I'm more of a conversationist and just hearing different sides of the story and getting different perspectives out there when I can but um, I'm just so excited to have all of you guys with me on this podcast. I'm so excited for the conversations we're about to have. And really, my role here is just to be moderator. Um, I will put in, of course, some of my two cents here and there. But I really wanted to make sure that this conversation goes in the right direction each episode and make sure that we're staying on track and that I'm not keeping you guys for more than an hour. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes we can... You, you say you're going to meet your friend for lunch for an hour and the next thing you know two and a half hours go by and it's like well we've been talking for that long that is crazy so um with that being said let us get into the first thing i wanted to talk about was basically recently it seemed beginning of 2018 around march i want to say was when the whole um I won't say not the catalyst, but the one thing that kind of sparked the articles by BuzzFeed or Teen Vogue, um, and I believe also New York Times, but I may be wrong on that, was the uh, Black Army Beauty Project that happened on Twitter. And that just was a huge blow up of many Black armies tagging themselves with BTS and their biases and just talking about how much BTS has meant to them and what they've done for them in their life and just how they have helped them through so many things. And, you know, the BuzzFeed article 
uh, it's kind of sparked of a discussion that's already been happening. I want to say maybe the past three years I've seen, you know, people write their opinions or their own experience being a black K-pop fan on uh, places like Curious Cat, uh, the Amino app, uh, Quora, Reddit, um, those type of places. But the main thing I want to talk about this podcast is just why now in 2018 where it seems that a lot of this stuff has been happening the past two, three years, especially when there have been different instances that are racially insensitive, that K-idols or actors or just Korean entertainment has done that has you know, personally hurt us individually and as a community. Why now has this discussion kind of come to a, come to a head? You know, the pimple was popped. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, but if anyone would like to chime in, please go ahead. I think it's because... Um especially because of bts K- k-pop is like not even it's not it's not niche anymore it's not you know it's, it's easy to walk into like a place and hear someone listening to k-pop it's so common so i feel like because it's so widespread you're prone to get a lot of i feel like now especially a lot of young really young kids like really especially immature on the internet who see something they don't like, which is fine, You got your, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but they see something they don't like, like, oh, you're putting yourself like with your bias. That's my bias, but you're black, you would never date you. Do you know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. it's just immaturity. I think it's a lot of young kids with iPads and laptops that should be confiscated from them. They should be in school. Like, <laughs> that's literally, that's, 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 what I, that's what I think it is, like... It's too many. It's it's too many kids. Like with Twitter, that's that's what it is. It's too many kids. Um, but yeah, I feel like we all we always had these instances of like blackface or this or that, like throughout a, like, a long period. But it's never quite been like racism from fans mm-hmm. and fandom. So yeah, I think I think it's mm-hmm. just immaturity in a lot of kids, to be honest. So yeah, even when I first got into K-pop as well, when I actually used Tumblr, um, I think I must have like reposted a group or something and one girl like wrote to me anonymously and was like they're not for you blah 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 and I was like mm. who what so like so that's what I'm saying like <laughs> and, I, and I find that Tumblr's a lot of young immature kids they're not for you you know you black uh, fans want to come and did it and I was just thinking is this for real so yeah I mm. think it's just young kids it's just young kids right uh, Jess you want to add it on that yeah piggyback off of that yeah I also believe that is um a lot of kids with uh, immature mindsets and um, they actually, and I spoke about this in um, a couple of my videos about enabling and they actually enable the idols to like, some of them do racially insensitive things. And instead of uh, encouraging them to apologize for it or showing them the error of their ways, uh, et cetera, et cetera, they tell them it's okay you don't need to you don't need to apologize to these people or that you didn't do anything wrong when in fact they did mm. and i think that kind of mm. fuels the flames and it and it and it just like continues the the vicious cycle of racism and racially insensitive remarks and uh and um you know like for example and ashley just texted this to me uh, I don't know if y'all heard that JB of Got Seven named his cat Kunta. Oh yeah, yeah. that was quite a while ago, right? And now I was cat. not aware of that. Yeah, yeah. At Kunta, and there's a video of him speaking with a fan, and the fan asked him 
why did you name the cat Kunta? And he said, because of his black fur. And people just like went off the hinges on that. They were like, wait, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hear the long groan I just did. I swear. Mm. Like, mm. I don't know what you think about this. Like, Ashley just told me about this just now. And I'm like, JB, no. Because <laughs> this, yeah. was, this was a long time ago. Yeah. Like, no, JB. Yeah. This is a long time ago, but I think his his new cat now is called something else. I saw it yesterday, but I can't even remember. Mm. No, but it's like, you know, when it comes to things like that, like, that's why I made the video saying it's hard being a black black K-pop fan, because it's like, things like that affect us personally, and it affects our community, and if you continue to, like, rock with this person, it's like, you're, you're fucking, like, you betrayed your whole entire black community by still rocking with this person that just said something clearly racist and racially mm. insensitive. So it's like, JB got to catch these hands for me too now. Cause like, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, you know, the, the whole Kunta thing. Yes. So um, I read, I read into it actually. And like when Korean people say Kunta, like they know what they're talking about. They're not specifically talking about Kunta Kente, but like, I can't remember what it was called, but there was like a stage production show in Korea, like a few years back. Trying to tell the story of slavery, like I can't remember it. Like, just no, it was it was it was roots. That was was roots. Well, they did they they reenact roots. Is that what it was? Yeah, they are specifically talking about Kunta Kinte. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it was yeah, yeah. So (laughs) it was definitely roots. (laughs) Yeah, so when they say Kunta, it's like yeah, they they know what they they know what they're talking about. Right. So that's what I mean. (laughs) It's just like, come on now, um, immediately. Um, I think that Twitter is getting bigger than what it was. Um, I, I don't, I haven't been in the K-pop community or fandom for a long time, but I can definitely say that in 2016, K-pop Twitter blew up, like Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. out of nowhere Mm -hmm. for all groups. Um, now mainly it's just for BTS in 2017, it was for BTS. It's for voting purposes now on music shows in Korea where international fans are now included. So I think that it blew since 2015, like there was not a lot of activity on Twitter for voting for, I don't know, people give away albums on Twitter for talking about their faves, for doing unpopular opinions. And I also think that it's um, since the younger audience is getting into it, they're having their parents look into it more or having their parents sit next to them, which is a generational thing because they were born at the times where you know their parents noticed segregation and where right. well no matter where you are in the world um or slavery in some parts in the caribbean still back in the um the early 60s and 50s so mm-hmm. i think that if you're sitting there with your parent and your parents sees and they're like hey that's this song from way back when or hey that was worn by whatever artist at that time or hey um that's a little you know insensitive or hey i mm-hmm. take offense to that so I think it's it is a generational thing with now like the young so younger fans so many younger fans are getting into it that their parents are now coming to these events their parents are now watching and they're like mm, like not hey do I want my kid watching this or not but hey that was a little weird that now every time this person that doesn't speak English every time they see a person with just melanated skin they're like yo what's up or every time I yes. they say something they go yo and that's that even that is offensive um i don't it's one thing i don't like is that no matter what like idols they always have to be like oh yo or hey this or hey that and it's like 
why are you doing this? And I like a perfect yeah. example is like, uh, and I think a lot of it what we don't notice because we're over here and we're so exposed to like, whether it's in Europe, whether it's in America, you're mm -hmm. exposed to like a melting pot. You see all different skin colors, all different races. I can count like how many, like I can count on probably like one hand, how many Asian people there were, but I still knew what Asian people were. Mm -hmm. I knew what Indian mm. people were. My mama taught me not to stare at people that look different than me because that's just how, that's just people in the world that don't look like yep. me. Or there's people yep. in the world that do look yeah. like me. Yeah, definitely. And mm -hmm. um, one time I have the app Hello Talk, and mm -hmm. I was talking to um, a female and we were talking and she was saying how like she wants to create a YouTube channel, blah, blah, blah. Really cool. So then um, she was asking me, oh, what are you doing today? I told her what I was doing. And I said, oh, what are you doing today? And she was like, oh, nothing. I'm going to probably go out for like to find a shooting location and go shoot something with my homegirls. And I'm like, <laughs> girlfriends, girlfriends, I said, girlfriends. You're, doing, okay. you're doing what? So see, for us, for people that <laughs> are listening to this podcast that aren't um, some kind of melanin or aren't black or aren't from uh, wherever you're from, where homegirls is, you know, that that just all triggered us. Yes or no? Yes, a little bit. Okay. I was like, are you, are you trying to It's like you tried so, to impress me to be cool. He, like. So here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. So I was like, I was like, oh, you're homegirls. I said, where did you learn that word from? You know, because there's a lot of people on Hello Talk that like will address me as like a gangster, and I'm like, that's not how I talk. Gangster be in the house. I mean. So I asked her, I'm like, you know, like, I'm really curious, like, where did you learn that word from? Because the point of the app, for some of us, is to learn the language, <laughs> learn each other's languages. Right. I was like, I'm curious, yeah. like, where did you learn that word from? Like, because I just want to know. And she was like, oh, I learned it from my English dictionary. And I'm like, what? Ah, <laughs> <girl>. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, to be honest, I was like. Can I, like, that's interesting. Can I see what the definition is? Can I see? Because at first, I didn't believe her. I'm like, she probably thinks I'm offended. I just wanted to know. I'm nosy as hell. I want right. to know how these Asian people operate. So she was like, she showed me the picture. And it said homegirl. And it was like, um, you know, your close friends. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, well, actually, no. that's a, I was like, that's a slang. What? And I was like, I don't even use that. I use, like, you say, like, girlfriends. Or, yeah, like, I'm girl, going out girl, with my, my friends. Yeah, or my girl, yeah. but I don't. I don't say home girls. She's like, wow. I. She's like, I didn't know that. Like, I don't. I'm sorry if I offended you. I said you didn't mm. offend me. Uh, honestly, she didn't. I really was curious. Yeah. Like, because yeah. that's really in mm. some English dictionaries. Like, she probably got a cheap one that was like two ninety nine or like the Korean dollar store. I don't know <laughs> if they have Korean dollar stores, but like, I was so surprised that those kind of slangs mm. are in mm. books. So when people right. see us yeah. of color and they're like, hey, yo, what's up? Or like, oh, yo, yo, like stop with the yo like what are you doing like, like if you're not hey. gonna speak to me formally like that's a career way to speak to someone formally why are you going yo 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 in front of stuff you're supposed to do it after what's wrong with you uh, but, yeah that's my little story to tell but i think it's a, a generational thing and like the younger it gets the more insensitive i think um everybody is and um that's why this podcast is here it's not just for people of melanated skin or or it right. is for people that want to defend right. their idol they don't know like why it's a bad thing or need a yeah. safe space and um we're not here to like attack anybody or make you feel like what you're doing is wrong if you have a different outlook on something i just feel like you should 
look at everything and not just think that everything is a black person problem. It's a world problem. Like mm. it's going on everywhere yeah. with just just dark skin. It doesn't even you don't even have to be black or African American or African. You can be um, you know, you could be from the Aborigine, you could be from the Barbados, Jamaica, like right. it's a world thing. So yeah, that's my little story, homegirls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Karen, how about you? Um, I don't want to like make it sound like it's like a young person thing because right. I don't think I really had those sort of thoughts when I was younger, right. personally. Right. I because also have a story. About I, that I feel as well. like, yeah, because I don't. I honestly, I've had people like on my YouTube channel where we're like discussing things like cultural appropriation or things like that, and some of them are grown ass people, <laughs> and it's just right. like, why do you have? that type of logic like where are you going with this argument of yours because i don't really understand but yes yeah, so i don't want to make it sound like it's like something that just like youngsters are doing but i do think like it has blown up to the point where it's just getting a little bit ridiculous because when i got into k-pop back in 2014 it wasn't like twitter wasn't this i guess i don't know like what's the word i'm trying to like look for it wasn't heated right if that makes any sense it wasn't this toxic right like i remember like certain fandoms not not being this you know catty like even 2015 too it was like exactly there was a time where we were all harmonious and right. at least at least in my in my <laughs> little bubble we were all chilling and then all of a sudden i feel like 2016 it just went left and mm. i and then I think also, obviously, like, I think a lot of people, a lot of these idols started just repeating the same actions, the same mistakes, like, every other month. Mm. And obviously, people, oh my God. <laughs> once, you've, like, once, you've, once you've dealt with one issue, then someone else pops up with another issue. Yep. So then it would, I just felt like it just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that's kind of how it all just came to a head. Like, I, I don't know, I guess in 2018, with everyone basically talking about the same thing. But... I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to make it sound like it's just like a youngsters issue because I don't, I don't right. really feel, feel like it, it's like that. I just think it's just a really, basically, it's just a very toxic mentality that some people have towards like issues like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't know. But like what Jess said, like it's just people enabling actions and not really wanting to engage with other perspectives and just basically like, well, you're wrong. Why are you so offended? That kind of thing. And I'm just like, but but you know what can i add yes go ahead yeah 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 so like i think it's also a bit of ignorance as well like not even Mm. on purpose so for example i feel like when i was growing up my parents okay so everything i was exposed to everything i'm sure you all had like roots the video box set like you know what i mean video and then like my parents would tell me stories of like what it was like for them like they're they're british born their parents were the yeah. first generation from the Caribbean to come here, yeah. So I would be told stories of what it was like growing up in, in England in the 60s and 70s as a British black person. So mm. we we were, I feel like our generation of people, we were like, well, of us, like we were informed of more things. Mm. Um, yeah. We know what's yeah, going definitely. on. Whereas I feel like a lot of, like, we're the same generation, but I feel like people that are a bit younger, I feel like they're not connected. Mm. They're a bit disconnected and they don't really know not know themselves but they don't really know what was going on before they were on this earth like i'm sure they've got some inkling but i feel like 
our mindset's a bit different. And of course, if you're not from a um, African or a Caribbean, like British or American background, then you may or may not even know certain things. So you may not even see where we're coming from in this sense. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Kai's wearing dreads. Oh, well, it's just a hairstyle. It's just fashion. And I'm like, okay, to an extent I can agree. But if you were brought up and raised, you know, as someone who's who was Rastafarian, Rastafarian, mm, and yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that hairstyle right. meant something. It's yeah, Imi. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I feel like some people just. I feel like it's parents as well. You need to educate your children. Like yeah, I'm definitely yeah, going to be bringing up my future children and like making them aware of what happened before they came. Like not to enforce any yeah. kind of hate or any kind or like put a chip on their shoulder, but they need yeah, to be knowledgeable. But I feel mm, like some yeah. young people just really don't have a clue. When, and when they talk, well, they, they just don't, don't even know. want to. No, they that's don't another thing. That's another yeah, thing. Yeah, when you yeah, explain, yeah. They, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. There is that's actually a, a story of um, one of my someone I work with. I'm not gonna say who. Uh, <laughs> she, um, she, another coworker of mine, were talking about Zico. Now we all know Zico. Oh, yes, we all know Zico has somewhat of a past. Um, but it seems as if he is somewhat getting better. I am not sure. That may not be the same opinion for some of y'all. But she she <laughs> she <laughs> was talking to a coworker of mine who is um, uh, she is twenty three esque, um, and she was talking about well, I'm not really a fan of Zico because of his, of his actions, and he you know doesn't seem to have educated himself or improved himself proved himself to do better and you know talking about you know the actions that he did and this other co-worker of mine said well it's not in their culture so how should he know <laughs> okay okay so, so my co-worker told me this and i'm like all right put it in the back of my brain i see okay uh i just know that about you now and i'm i'm thinking you know she seems like a pretty knowledgeable person Mm. who's educated who you know just graduated college you know she seems very encompassing very you know somewhat liberal and when my friend told me what she said I said oh okay well then (laughs) so I say it's a mix of maturity for me along Mm. with what you guys said about the ignorance and the blissful ignorance of not wanting Mm. to address that issue because who wants to talk about that kind of controversy about somebody who they support and love and don't yeah. want to see in that light? And I understand it to an extent, but at the same time, you're not helping nobody. As Jess mm-hmm. said, you're enabling. You're enabling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I just, it comes in all, it can come in all shapes and sizes, but it seems as if because the expansion of K pop in the social realm has reached such a younger demographic as well, and the younger demographic are getting these social media platforms it seems as if that it is more of the younger fans when it can't be you know it could be anybody that kind of gives you that mm. blissfully ignorant response wow did i just end the conversation on that <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you did i think you did <laughs> oh my like goodness wow. yeah yeah <laughs> so really what I want to focus on this podcast because there have been articles like you guys said before that focus on what idols and entertainers do that are racially insensitive, but not what happens within mm. the community itself. 
in terms of yeah. you know person to person self fan to fan type of um disrespect rudeness racially insensitive things uh you know we've all i'm sure being on a social media platform we've gotten those comments where it's like you know uh i can't believe you would think kim nandri wants you and it's like excuse my language but pitch did i say that in my video or in my tweet <laughs> Where, where did that correlation come from? Once again, we're jumping many hurdles to get to these conclusions. Right. It's, but, it's um, like I think it's a mixture of like, like, like you say, ignorance and 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 maturity and crazy. I think we forgot to put crazy. Yeah, because <laughs> there there are some fans out there that just really believe wholeheartedly that certain idols belong to just them and I'm like honey mm. <laughs> like they don't even know you exist they don't know any of us exist like chill exactly. like, <laughs> oh but at the concert like he looked at me and then he oh, gave me a, a finger <laughs> hop oh and then oh. oh my god and then look uh, look at my fan cam look can you see when oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's called like, band service right. you paid for that come on yes, man it's like alright <laughs> It's like, hopefully, oh, they will, like, look back at that and just be like, wow, <laughs> what was I saying? Because, my goodness, now the idols, you know, 30-something, bounce by his marriage, probably have a kid, whatever, <laughs> whatnot. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it just, it's a mix of a bunch of things. And this is really more, this episode's really more surface level, but it's just really more of just, how did this come to a head in the next mm. three episodes are going to be, we're delving deep deep into this issue in terms of what you've experienced with family, friends, other people, uh, other fans, other things like that. And I think, I hope, hopefully this will continue the conversation, this podcast series. And, you know, I just hope that it doesn't come off as, you know, we're sick and tired and, and pitchforks and, and, you know, all that stuff. It's just, no, yeah. you know, like we, we've been through this before and I don't do something that's racially insensitive we go through a discussion for a week, not even a week, maybe three days, and then it dies down, and then we wait till the next one. It's just kind of like, no, we we need to build on this a little bit, okay, and not be afraid mm. to talk about it. Because I know, I feel that in the past, people have been afraid to talk about their experiences when it comes to being a person of color within the fandom of what they have experienced personally or because of the backlash they might get from the community. Mm. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Raise your hand. Okay. Um, the last thing I really wanted to cover because we are getting towards like that 45 minute mark, I think, with this podcast is on my, um, I kind of put out there as an announcement that if, you know, anyone would like to add any comments um, for us to discuss uh, kind of towards the end of the podcast that I would keep it anonymous and, you know, we can talk about a little bit further what their comments are. And mm -hmm. so I addressed it as send me something along the lines of being a black K-pop fan is blah, 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 blah. And there are mm. a couple of comments that I have gotten that kind of sparked my interest. Um, <laughs> uh, someone said, uh, being a black K-pop fan is interesting. I definitely think I get judged <laughs> differently. I get all types of interesting questions from my family too. But I definitely think, a, mm. oh, this is her talking about the series, but uh, the thing about family is what struck me, which I know we're going to go more into depth on in our personal experiences about, but I've heard mm. experiences from people who follow me, see, not see on my TL, about how 
they literally are physically scared to tell their parents that they are into a different culture, K-pop. And it just... Yeah. Wow. It, it, really? It blows is it my deep. I'm, I am, It is that deep. And even their friends, too, where I've seen wow. friends say, I just introduced my friend to uh, BTS, whoever... Um, and you know, it it was like wow. I I I didn't think it was that deep. And I mean, it might be because it may be based off of where how we were raised or grew up. Mm, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, there I were. Hmm? No, go ahead. I I mean, when I told my parents, it was kind of they were just like, okay, <laughs> they didn't really find anything of it. <laughs> um, but it could be different on the family dynamic that those that people have grown up in. That's yeah. true. Jess, what were you going to say? Um, uh, no, I was about to say, I, I can relate to that uh, to an extent because when I was younger and in high school, um, I was afraid to listen to like uh, other music, music other than hip hop and R&B around my black friends. Because mm. like, mm, I, would, mm, I, would listen, mm. I would listen to Bleak 182. I would listen to freaking uh, System of a Down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just like all evanescence, like yeah, evanescence. <laughs> like I was a huge Coldplay fan. Like, I still am. I love Coldplay, but like I wouldn't listen to any of my music around my black friends because yeah. I felt like they were like straight. I can relate. Like I can relate. Yeah, yeah. That's so. Cool. Like I wouldn't listen to any of that music around my black friends until one day I just had a moment where I was like, "Why do I give a fuck?" And like I was, mm. and, I, and I think I played it for the first time around one of my friends, and it turned out that they liked it too. And they're like, "Oh, I didn't even know you liked this. I didn't want to play it around you." <laughs> I, you yeah. always in the car playing pock and playing all this other shit, and I'm like, "No, I really like this stuff." And it's like, <laughs> it was like, it was like, really <laughs> so I understand to an extent why they would be afraid to say that they like this type of music because they don't want to be judged. But like, I think they just have to get to a point where they just do not care anymore and they just be genuinely and unapologetically themselves and i and mm. i don't think anyone can get you to that point but you so it's like right. they just have to reach a point in their lives where they just have to stop caring right it does take a while because especially when i i started to, i started to like write for um people and that kind of thing and my family would be like well why are you listening to that blah 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 and I think it got to a point where I was just like I don't care I, like even with like work colleagues and certain groups of friends because I've got groups of friends who are just like we're black we do everything black mm, yeah and then right. I've got mm, friends mm. of all races who are just like I like this I like that you know what I mean so it's just it's just kind of it's got to a point where I kind of just like I don't really care and I kind of cut people mm. off anyway. So, like, mm. I don't know. I think it just comes with age. <laughs> it comes with age. Like, I really don't care. Yeah. Like, if you... I get even people, like, who I've not spoken to for a long period of time. Like, these people I, I cut off who message me and be like, Oh, so how are you in those Chinese... How's your Chinese, man? And I'm like, Oh! Oh! And Oh, I see you oh. in Korea. And I'm like, yeah, I was in Korea with Chinese men. And I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, and I was like, and they're like, oh, why? And I was like, well, I have a website and I do this and I do that. And I'm like, and they're like, oh, okay. And they're taking the piss more. And I'm like, well, to be honest, like, if you're going to message me to take the piss, I'm not going to tell you what I do. Would, like, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? I said, it, it doesn't interest you and it doesn't benefit me to tell you, like, you're taking the piss out of what I do. 
it's my thing you know what i mean i was like i'm not gonna tell you like i don't really care and it, mm. there used, it used to be a time where i was like oh people probably think i'm weird and i was scared to like share like a video or something like on my, on my own facebook page or whatever but now i don't really don't care like right people people know people don't know like i, I don't really care <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you just need to become more comfortable within yourself to be honest mm. yeah exactly. anyone else want to add um, the fact that all of us right here just got offended by that Chinese man comment and none of us are oh, any Asian yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it because it's like we're all from different cultures, different um, black cultures, different African cultures, whatever you want to call it and just the fact that all of us on this podcast just got offended about a race that isn't really <laughs> correlated with yeah. being black I think that proves that this podcast is something that's healthy because I find myself defending um korean culture as much as i defend yeah. my own right yeah, yeah definitely yeah the start of it is is that we're not mm-hmm. here to be poisonous and be like black black pride blacks the super race like no like i <laughs> get so offended when people are like when people are yeah. like anything chinese japanese anything are they just oh like north korea like that's my i get so angry <laughs> oh god yeah. like, well, they're like- I, I used to- we're all, all here. We're all here defending um, this music and this genre and this culture um, mm. when ours is sometimes beaten down by theirs or others. So I think that like us all being on here is very healthy mm. for just everyone of every race that's listening. I really don't just this is a Black K-pop fan podcast, but it's so that people understand where black k-pop fans come from or k-pop fans with melanated skin because a lot of times in korea or asia they see a dark skin and they think you're directly from africa there are still yep. some people in East that think that they don't think black um, american they don't think caribbean they don't think aborigine oh. they don't um germany they don't think from england they don't think from poland russia wherever but um that they genuinely think that some people still directly come from africa and i think that that's the point what we're getting to is that it's for everybody i i would love for an asian or a korean to to this podcast i would love for someone of european or caucasian descent to listen to this because it is for everybody like one thing is that black people don't single stuff out like we're not oh this is the black thing or at least i don't in my culture and Mm. and and black cultures i love when people want to learn um just like i feel like some asian people love when they learn about their culture you know Mm -hmm. and it's not just you know people directing then the chinese or anything so yeah that's just what i wanted to put in at the end of that everything was like so triggering to me because i used to work at a job here in germany where um basically it was a catering job and every white german man that came up to me because i uh, apparently i was this exotic thing to them of course every white german man (laughs) me the first thing out of their mouth was what part of africa are you from like what like Mm -hmm. why why does it have to be africa like why like why do you automatically think i'm from africa like it was Mm. so triggering to me like it pissed me off so much to the point that i had to quit the job because it happened that frequently it happened that frequently and i was like like some of them started to try to touch after that, and I was oh, like, oh, oh Lord have mercy! Mm. It's and, just like, like, what am I? Some kind of doll? Like <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like that's what I felt like I felt like an animal in a cage, like this little doll on display. Like I just, it felt it was so cringy. And like these old German white men, like they are really, um, I don't, I don't know how to put it without, you know, 
Yeah, is it kind of like podcast? But they're they're just they're um they're nasty old men. Just put it that way. Podcast, podcast. Not all German oh, like that, yeah. but they kind of just like wear it on their faces. Like, like my friend Amanda came to visit me uh, a couple weeks ago, and we went, and I took her to this um, little event that they have every summer here in Germany. And the old German white men were just there in droves, and they were just like staring us down because we had because we were literally like maybe like the only two black women there, and we were just, we looked we felt like meat. We felt like raw meat thrown into a lion's den, like that. Like a schnitzel, like a German schnitzel. That's how they're looking at you. It's just it's it's so uncomfortable and infuriating at yeah. the same time. Mm. Yeah, it's just yeah. I've even had like I'll go to a I went to a, a Korean restaurant the other day, and uh, this guy was like his English was pretty decent, and he goes. He's like, are you from? He started with Niger, and I was like, America. Yes, I'm from America. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and it was so sad because, like, three stores down, there is a guy from from Ghana who sells African type of garb and culture pieces, and I was just like, ah, uh, okay, I kind of see where it's coming from, but at the same time, it's like. Right. No. <laughs> see, in Korea, I didn't get that from like younger people. It's more the elderly. Like, yes. the amount of times the elderly people like like pace up and down past us. This one old man was just walking past. It was me and my 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 friend from the UK, and then we met these two African American mm. women. So to see four like black girls together was like wow. So he was like walking up and down. <laughs> and he came up to us and he was like, not even hi, Kenya, <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> This is so funny to hear as like someone who was actually born in Ghana. Like, yes. It's just so. <laughs> it's just like they're just like Kenya, Africa, and then uh, and another another instance. Me and my cousin because he lives in Seoul now. We're in a taxi and he was sitting mm. in the front seat and like he's darker than me. And then the taxi driver looked down at his arm and was like rubbing it and was like, "Oh, my cousin was like, yes, black skin." And he was, <laughs> oh my god! And he was like Africa, South Africa, and I was like. No, younger. Why? Like, like, come on! Like, <laughs> they, just, they really don't get it. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, like, I wonder my, what. My, oh, let's go ahead. Oh, Sorry, oh. Karen. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Like, I was just saying. Like, I wonder what they would actually say if they actually met an African person. Like, what? Yeah. After that, what happens? Like, what do you do? So, if I said, "Yeah, I'm from Ghana," what are you gonna do then? Right. <laughs> like, mm. like, like, <laughs> Like, what were you expecting me to like bring out the drums and stuff? Like, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna do one last comment from uh, from this, and then we're gonna wrap it up. Um, Let me see. What was the other one that I thought was really, really interesting? Uh, Being a black K-pop fan is ellipses exhausting because you take so much time learning to love groups and group members just for them to be. She said anti-black and have fans defend their anti-blackness, which I believe we have already addressed. Uh, Now, I'm sure we have felt exhausted probably within the last three months um, when Miles J dropped that video of stages of being a (laughs) cave. I felt that. I felt that in my soul. I was like, oh, 
Miles, yeah. just speak it, please. Uh, yeah. But it's just, I wouldn't necessarily say anti-blackness, but I think it's a lack of recognition of where some of their thing, some of the things that they do musically or dance-wise or some of their influences come from is mm-hmm. is my mm-hmm. thing. So yes, if some are anti-black, I don't know. Okay, I don't have that mm. personal experience. But I, I, I no, go, go ahead. ahead, Jess. No, Jess, go ahead. No, I was no, I was gonna because you were you were uh, what you just said. It made me think of uh, Wendy. I forgot what group she was from. But she oh, was Red, Red Velvet. Velvet. Yeah. When she did her impressions of a black woman, I wanted to go snatch her. She should know better. <laughs> is, she, is she from she Canada? Like you're from she Canada. She went to school in Canada. But, look, but that was the second time. It wasn't even yeah. the first. Yes. It was the second, was the second time. time. I think mean, she does it oh. to like. I think she does it to impress, obviously, like to make them think, "Oh, she's so funny. Oh, she's been around, you know, black people. Like, oh, she's, she's so international. Stupid. stupid. Like, like oh, sweet Jesus. I and I and I and in my video talking about as hard being a black K-pop fan, I made a reference to that without saying her name. And someone in the comments mm. put Wendy. <laughs> 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 like I just like it's so it's just so it's like like the commenter said it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's like like liking these groups and liking these songs and and I love music. Music makes me feel good. Yes. So mm. it's like yeah. when I hear a really good song and I love it. And then I find out this per- person is problematic. I gotta throw the whole person away. <laughs> <laughs> I can't listen to your music anymore. Like it sucks. Like it really sucks. Like I hate yeah. It. Go ahead, Karen. Oh no, I was just thinking. Like a lot of the times when people, you know, like one of the ways they like to defend these people is always like, "Well, that person is a really good person." That's like I don't care if that person is like, you know, the descendant of Mother Teresa. Like. We're talking about the action. Like, yes. I'm, I'm sure they're a very nice person, but it doesn't change or absorb what they did. Do you get what I mean? <laughs> like, Wendy might be a really sweet girl, and I'm sure she is. Like, I have no, like, any grievances towards her, but it was a really foul move from her, and that was the second time. So, Twice, it kind right. of makes you feel... Yeah. <laughs> it, it was just kind of... <laughs> just kind of like... Go ahead, I don't Karen. know. Like, I still love Red Velvet, but it, it does make you feel a bit... It just it takes the fun out of it sometimes when you're watching this person that you, you like the music of and then you, you just kind of remember that moment where she just kind of disappointed you. Do you get what I mean? So it's just, mm. ugh, I don't mm-hmm. know. You know what? A lot of the times as well yeah. on these variety shows, they're prompted to act like yeah. the clown. Mm-hmm. Like, for yes. example, I don't know if you mm. guys saw the last episode of Weekly Idol, the, the last episode with Donnie and, um, uh, you know who I am. Yeah, mean. yeah. Yeah, Monster mm. X. Yeah. So... They're like, oh, you've oh, not been God. on our show for a long time. And they're like, yeah, we're on our world tour. Oh, world tour. Where did you go? Syria? Afghanistan? Iraq. Iraq? Afghanistan, yeah. Like, oh, oh it was... you, you should go to the border of, even they said Iraq or Iran. Yeah, that's where the bombs are. And it's like, they're, they're trying to prompt them to like make funny jokes. Yeah, and then about, Keegan was like, no. And then, oh, Keegan was like, oh, no. Did you, did you go to Somalia with the, the pirates? And I was thinking, what? why are you prompting them? Do you really think like... They're gonna stand there and take the piss out of their their fans of color. Like, no, they're not gonna do that. Like, they just look right. so awkward. And it's like that's what I'm saying. Like, mm. they've been around for okay, not as long, but they've got the common sense to like not say something. Wendy should know 100 mm. better. Like, don't be the fool. Hundred. You know right. I mean? Don't let. Mm. <laughs> like Eric. Exactly. Eric Nam because Eric. They, I think I forgot what variety show it was. SNL. Come on. SNL. Yeah. 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 
they wanted him to come on and do blackface, and he was like, "Fuck y'all." <laughs> <laughs> from Atlanta, basically, he's from Atlanta. Like, yeah, he knows yeah. better. He knows. He knows. He's like, like, "No, people are gonna raise up for me." It's like, yo, like he's a Korean man, even though you know he's very and he's very familiarized with American culture as well. But it's like he's Korean and he knows better not to come on a show and do blackface. And a lot of a lot of fans like to say, "Oh, they're forced to do this or they're forced to do that." No, no, actually, you're not forced to do anything. Like you're you're in a contract, but you can easily break that contract. Yes, it might derail your your career, or it might you know put a uh, put a wedge in in what you're trying to do. But at least you did the right thing. Mm, it's like right. sitting here, mm, basically mm. you're doing it for the money. So you're you're gonna sit here and be racially insensitive because you don't want to lose your coin. Like is, is is that what it's really about? Like it's about money to you. Mm. So it's like I I applaud Eric Nile so much. Like that made me stand him even more. I was like, I fuck. He needs more respect, man. He needs so much. He more does. Respect. He for real uh, does. <laughs> yeah. All the respect. <laughs> Emma, you have anything to add to the exhausting comments that we got? I feel um, like it's a, go on. <laughs> wait, I don't I don't know. What she said Emmy. That's why I spoke up. I'm okay. sorry. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, okay. I just think that it um. For me right now, I've been a K-pop fan since 2015, so it's been three years. So I'm still like, everything's new and pretty. I do see mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that happened. So I'm not exhausted. I'm going to be completely 100% honest with you. Um, I'm not saying I could take a lot more racially insensitive things because no one can. It's, it is offensive. Um, and Wendy offended um, Caucasian people as well as Black. I want to That valid girl. Exactly. 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 If I live in California and people think that you know you're a surfer dude or you're a valley girl, <laughs> yes. she did a bet. She offended two races, not just one. Um, but I think that what's very interesting is that people are so in Korea are so interested to touch our skin, to see where we come from, to touch our hair, to just name random countries in Africa that they think that they know. If you're that interested, pick up a book. All of uh, your mm. whole entire your whole entire country thrives on college. Take up an African American course. I know that mm. a college will have it, especially Seoul University, the big ones that are mm-hmm. international. That you learn English, you learn these things. So I think that people mm. are so interested in like our physicalities that you need to be interested in like where certain things came from, and it's not always just the big lips or the big hair or the big butt or the big boobs. But like it's it's a whole culture behind it, and I think if they're that interested to touch, like if I'm that interested to want to speak your language, to know what you're talking about, or to go and look up um, what your food means and things like that, or if I'm that interested to listen to your music, I'm not just gonna go over to Korea and like want to touch your eyes or yeah yeah you know compare like sizes of things and like I don't need to do that. I'd rather learn your culture and come correctly. And I feel like if you're trying to touch me physically <laughs> you need to learn my culture that that's right. what mm. my interesting is that and also don't very, touch me yeah don't don't, don't <laughs> yeah basically don't. <laughs> if you don't want to be if you, if you want to go to korea and not be grabbed inappropriately don't go to nv2 and i'm sure you guys know what i'm I talking heard yeah yeah i've heard yeah. i've heard some oh yeah yeah it's terrible it's almost like if you're black and you want to go clubbing in Hongdae, don't go to MB2, like hip-hop club. Like That's like that. It's like a, a Korean guy is deeply into hip-hop. It's like their dream when you walk in. Yeah. It's like they're watching a music video. Like one... Well, oh, I don't know. So I don't know like what words we can and can't use on this podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to say someone grabbed my nether region. Mm-hmm. Like 
No. Yeah, like it's not. The pom pom. Okay. Yeah. The pom pom. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, like, <laughs>
being a fan of a different music genre, a different culture of your own, you know, what was your experience talking to your friends, your family? Um, did some of your family think it's weird? Did some of your friends drop off? Did you stop being friends with some people? Did some people get into it, um, into different cultures? And I think we'll be pleasantly shocked for the next podcast. So I've had a, I've had a little bit of both, to be honest. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll oh, that for the mm-hmm. next one. Awesome. <laughs> uh, we'll save it for the next one but thank you guys for listening in to this podcast I really really appreciate it you guys showed a lot of support on Twitter as well as YouTube for this podcast and just the comments you guys left were really amazing For so to you listeners thank you so much for just steering this in the right direction and where I and all of us really want this podcast to go to just have this discussion and start this conversation so with that being said Thank you, ladies, so much. So, so much. And I will see y'all in two weeks. Yay, yay. (laughs) Yay, yay. Bye-bye, ladies. Yay, yay.